This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Thursday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida. And you're listening to the Driving Radio Show on Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for June 7th. This is episode 1948. This episode is brought to you by the American Driving Society. Good morning, horse world. Well, here we are, Wendy. We're on the first driving episode of Horses in the Morning. And for those of you that are wondering what's going on and where the draft horses are, well, the draft horse episode has taken a break for a while. We're actually reworking that a little bit, and it'll, it probably will be coming back here in the next couple of months. So keep an eye out, but it'll be on a different day. But what what's happened is Wendy and I have done the driving radio show for seven years, and we decided that one of our goals with the driving radio show was to get new people into driving, get new people excited about driving. So we thought, what better way to do that than bring it on to our most popular show here at Horses in the Morning. So once a month on the first Thursday of every month, we're going to talk about carriage driving. And also, Wendy's going to be doing her traditional Chinese medicine segment that is so popular with so many people in our audience. Well, Wendy, I'm so excited that you're over here. You've filled in now on Horses in the Morning. So, you know, Horses in the Morning people know who you are. The listeners all know who you are. But some of them may not have heard you on the driving radio show before. Well, maybe. So I love to come on the morning show. It's so fun. And I'm glad that we can uh, talk about driving to people that, you know, may not have come on to the driving radio show. And I'm also excited to spread the word about traditional Chinese veterinary medicine. So we, we have a lot of guests planned for you today. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, and including you're going to do a Chinese medicine segment. And what are you talking about today? Well, I'm talking about feeding your horse seasonally. So uh, in Chinese medicine, we start with the five elements, which also correspond to the seasons. So we're going to talk about how um, the five elements relate to the seasons, to your horse's personality, and then foods and treats you can give that can help support their system during those times. So once a month, we're going to have a training uh, tip that we're going to start the episode with, and we're going to try and gear those to beginner as well as more advanced riders. But a lot of what we talk about in those training tips apply to riding horses, too. It's it's not just yeah. driving horses. And Katie Cadwell of Tremont Farm, who Wendy has worked with for years and years and years and years, and has, she's actually helped train some of your horses. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's going to come on, and, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy today's topic, uh, and it applies to riders as well as drivers. So that's going to be in a couple minutes. We're also going to be talking to uh, we're also going to be talking to Abby from the American Driving Society, one of our terrific sponsors for seven years. You're going to be doing your traditional Chinese medicine. We're going to learn all about the Florida Whips. If you live in Florida and thinking about driving, that's a group you need to belong to. And we're also going to speak to Danielle, who is the USEF Director of Driving, about a program that anybody can do driving. 
driver or not, that's coming up on June the 16th. So if you live in Pennsylvania or anywhere near Pennsylvania, uh, you want to pay attention to that segment later on in the show. But Wendy, I know I talked a little bit about this on Monday with Jamie, but I know she didn't care, and you'll actually care. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I went to Alaska. Because I'm special, Glenn. That's, that's right. right. And you also have spent some time with Lisa Kelly, Ice Road Trucker Lisa Kelly. Yeah. Who's yep. a friend of ours and lives in Alaska and has a bunch of horses. And we went up to see her. I went from driving. I got to drive one of her mini. So I drove a mini for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? I giggled and laughed the whole time. It was it fun. so it funny. It's, I feel like I'm driving a dog when I drive minis. And this was a little, she has a little mini, but let me tell you about Lisa's horses. Then she drove a horse, okay, with Jennifer in the cart in front of us and me in the, in the little sulky type cart in the mini. All by yourself? <clears throat> All by myself, driving the mini. And let me tell you, her horses are, Lisa has done a terrific job training her horses. They are loose rein, power steering, power brakes horses. Oh, great. Uh, Lisa has done a tremendous job with the. I was so impressed, Lisa, and I know you're probably listening to this. I was so impressed, and thank you so much. It was a trip driving a Mini. That little Mini's legs were going 90 <laughs> miles an hour to keep up the horse. <laughs> and, but pulled the cart, no problem. I didn't have to. It was truly like no contact, power steering, power brakes, just fun. And and voice commands. I don't know, Lisa, where where you learned how to drive, but you did a great job. She really did. I was very impressed. I think she taught herself to drive because I remember when we first started talking to her, she was looking for someone to come up to help her to drive because she's all the way up in Alaska. Well, Lisa, you have good instincts because you did a tremendous job with those horses. I really, we had a blast. It was so much fun. And she has, she's going to come over and talk on Horse Tip Daily with Jennifer because she built a barn and she had so many quirky, unique things built into the barn that are for efficiency that Jennifer said, you have to come on and tell the world about this because she had them built into the barn. Plus, you would love her because she is a herb fanatic. Um, oh really? She must, I didn't know that. She had about ten thousand herbs in there. She could have been an apothecary. She had that many herbs. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. And she had an herb sampling uh, box where she samples all the herbs with the horses. And she had this Wendy down to a science. <laughs> I did not know about all of this. All of her horses get herbs, and she has these That's charts funny. that show each of the herbs they get and why they get them. We need to have mm-hmm. her on to do a traditional Chinese medicine segment. Oh, yeah. Because she needs to come on as our guest. She knows herbs inside. I'm telling you that. And then she she makes pa- little baggies up with all the herbs for the entire year. She had hundreds and thousands of bags made oh, up for all, all the horses. It was the, She said it takes her two weeks to put them all together. Uh, oh, my gosh. And she had like, like 100, 200 pounds of herbs total there for the horses. You would have been so impressed. I know. I should have come with you. I know. We'll have to, you have to go up. You have to go to Alaska and see Lisa. So, Lisa, yeah. thank you so much for, for that. And then the next day, we went out to see Emily, who's one of our auditors in Anchorage, just above Anchorage. And, and we got to do something that was so much fun. We got to drive a 19-hand, 2,400-pound Percheron. 
So, oh my God. so we went from mini, probably weighed 150 pounds, to a 2,400 pound huge Percheron. And thank you to Emily and John at the Horse Drawn Carriage Company of Anchorage. Uh, they they do carriage rides in downtown Anchorage, and Emily, our auditor, has has been doing that with him for like ten years in downtown Anchorage. And they use oh Percherons. He must have had ten of them there. And that's not cheap at the price of hay in Alaska, by the way. I know. Um, but they were so well-trained. And he took us for like this hour and a half drive in a wagon around the neighborhood in, in the mountains above Anchorage. It was beautiful. Uh, wow. And what a neat guy. He's just one of those neat old draft horse guys who he's like 80-some years old. And he's out there. He had them all harnessed up. And, you know, the harness weighs about 1,000 pounds on those horses. <laughs> It's crazy, but it was so much fun. We had a blast, and and I got to sit in the box and talk to him for a while. It was just a good time. Um, so we had fun on a driving while we were in Alaska. That's great. It sounds like you had such a great time up there. We did. The cruise was fun. We got a lot of neat stops. We got to do a lot of fun things, see a lot of cool animals in addition to the horses, but also get to visit with listeners. And then on the way back, we got to see two more of our auditors in Seattle, have dinner with Patty and her husband, Jerry. And then Corinna was there for dinner, too. She drove like two hours to get to Seattle to see us. Oh, my gosh. So we just spent hours. That's probably nothing for Alaskans. No, this was in Seattle, actually, on the way home. We, oh, in we, we spent a night there and they came over to visit. So it's kind of cool that with our jobs, wherever we go in the country, we have people we can, we have friends, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we went to Alaska yeah. and had people we could hang out with. <laughs> so it's kind of cool. Um, That's why it's fun to be an auditor. Yep. So thank you to everybody who, uh, thank you to Lisa and Emily and to Patty and Jerry and Corinna and Emily's husband, who was super nice, Phil, was there, and to John at the Horse Drawn Carriage Company in Anchorage. Get a carriage ride next time you're up there. It's really (laughs) cool. And downtown Anchorage is very cool, too. So that was the Alaska trip. It was a lot of fun. Well, let's go to our first guest, and we're going to start out with a little bit of training, aren't we? So we have coming on an old friend of yours, right? Yes, we have Kitty Cadwell from Tremont Farm in Southern Pines, North Carolina, and she's going to give us a training tip. And her and her sister Miranda train driving horses and ponies at Tremont Farm in Southern Pines. And uh, we've had them on the driving show over the years, and they make things very simple to understand. So let's get into tip number one here on the driving episode of Horses in the Morning. So welcome, Kitty. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Glenn. Well, Kitty, now I know how fabulous you are, but why don't you tell our listeners about some of your driving accomplishments? Um, well, we've been driving a very long time between my sister and I. I think we've done nine world championships. And um, actually, we came from riding. So we have a really good background in the whole horse sport, not just in the driving. Because you were an eventer, right? Yes, I rode event horses and Randy rode uh, jumpers. So we kind of covered the whole, you know, gamut of everything. Yeah. And then your dad started coaching and then you were forced into driving. Yeah. Then we thought, wow, this looks like a really fun thing to do. And then we got into the driving. (laughs) And what did you drive? Did you drive horses or ponies or pears or? I pretty much stuck to horses better better for family dynamics with the thing. I did mostly pairs and four in hand and mm-hmm. Randy did ponies and yeah. she did the pairs also. She can drive a four. She said she doesn't, but I'm not sure we won't see her driving a four eventually. She can drive a four in hand. She drove my four in hand. 
I know she does just fine, but uh, we seem to be breeding a lot of ponies, and I think that she's heading toward the four in hand. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, what? Let's start with your training tip. What's your first training tip for us all? So I thought for the first one, since it's the first of a series, we should come up with a training plan. So it doesn't matter what we're doing, Mm -hmm. whether we're going to go drive our friends for a picnic or we're going to go to an FEI show, we still need a training plan. So I figured what we want to do really is first thing you need to do is decide what your goals are. Right. Decide what you want to do. And then we work backward from there. Let's say you're like Glenn and you think, oh, I want to go on this uh, picnic drive with my friends. Oh, no, let's do, let Glenn, weren't we shooting for you to do a training level CDE? No, we fall? were not, actually. We were not shooting for that. <laughs> I think more of the picnic drive with friends would be uh, appropriate. All right, all yeah. right. Wendy keeps pushing for that, but that's not what I was planning on, no. But Glenn, you okay, don't drive. So then the, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> well, the first thing Glenn would need to do is he'd need to decide where the picnic drive was and when it was. And then we can work backwards from there. Okay, let's say his picnic drive is in September over Labor Day weekend. Okay, well, then we're going to start working backwards. So we have a few months to work on. And what do we need to work on for this pony to go to a picnic drive? Uh, attitude and, politely? and fitness. Attitude oh, and fitness. Oh, no, he can't stand politely. No. no. <laughs> Are you kidding? He's a hackney pony. <laughs> we need to work on standing and we need to work on parking. You're going to have to park while you eat. You can't eat while the pony's running around in a circle. Fitness. And basic safety. And also probably putting two not at your own home. Oh, my God, Glenn. You have a whole <laughs> list already. We haven't even started. I know. Geez, it's going to be like seven days a week trying to get this pony to that point by September. But we can do it then. What we have to do really is come up with our plan and then we follow our plan. Now, we all know horses have a mind of their own, so we need to be flexible and some days your pony probably won't want to stand, and other days he will learn to stand. But that we know, fine, we don't need to have them standing by Thursday, but we have a few months to work on this standing so that you can happily eat out of your, out of your picnic basket. Do you focus, that brings up a good point. So let's say hypothetically that my pony has multiple issues. Um, and do you work on one of those issues till they kind of have it? Or do you kind of work on uh, several things at once over a period of time? Well, you need to, the horse would get very bored. I think if you worked on one thing all the time, even until they got it. So you need to work a little on each thing. And then as each thing gets better, we work a little on making, like if you're trying to make them stand first, we let them stand for two seconds. And then we say, okay, that's good. Then it becomes, you know, five seconds, 30 seconds, a minute. You just work longer and longer, but you can't just work on that. So we need to work on uh, walking off quietly or, you know, taking a good turn down the road just so they can keep working on different things and keep their mind active. 
Okay, so I'm going to hijack this a little bit because this is something that actually came up in the auditor room not too long ago, and I, I'm sure it was riding horses, but I think it's about the same thing. Is let's work on standing. It is the same thing. Yeah, let's work on standing a little bit. That is something that is very difficult for some horses to do. You you said you know get them to stand you know for a couple seconds, but how do you do that? What's your process of getting a horse to stand? Well, when we start out first, they have to stand in the aisle quietly. When you're harnessing up, when you're working with them, all should be done quietly with them standing. If they're fussing in the cross ties, they're probably going to fuss in the carriage or when you're putting a saddle on them. So how do we get them to stop fussing in the cross ties? Well, the key is not giving them treats when they're fussing to make them stand quietly because they're eating. You only want to give them treats when they're doing the job you want them to do, which is standing quietly. But what if they're so counting? The what barn, if they're counting? That's hard work. They should get a treat for that. <laughs> I know your horses, Wendy, yes, and they count very well. <laughs> and they get a lot of cookies. Yeah. Yeah. But so, they do part. Yes, so, a lot of it is just waiting them out. Have okay. them stand in the cross ties and wait it out. Don't yell at them. Don't. But what we do is there's a two-second rule. You correct them, and then you leave them. So we never keep on them about it. We just say no and then leave them alone. And eventually they'll figure out that they're doing something wrong. Yeah, I think that's good advice because, I mean, they all have to stand in the cross ties. And it just takes time. It's just practice. And they'll be like, finally, okay, I'm in the cross ties. Yes. And when we put two, usually we start with someone at their head to correct them. Because there's nothing worse than a riding horse or driving horse when you go to get on or step in the carriage that just like walks off. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. That's bad, bad behavior. It's bad with a horse, but with a carriage, it's worse. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes that. Yeah. So then we have someone stand at their heads and they just, they learn to wait and learn to wait. And then eventually you have that person step away that they learn to do it on their own. But the thing about being away from home is you need to handle away from home a little differently than home. Do you do that? Because Okay, yes. so when you're teaching that, before you go on, when you're teaching that, yeah. do you have them facing a wall, a building, a post, a fence? Do you have them facing something or do you practice that with them out in the open? I do not do it facing something. Okay. But I do tend to start on my young ones. Uh, we have a very wide aisle in our barn, and we start putting two in the aisle. But it's facing outside. There's no wall in front of them. Okay. And I think also what I've seen you do is when you start horses and you're putting two, like you said, you start in the aisle. And then when you're getting ready to hook up, you have a parking area. So you always hook them to the carriage in the same place. So they know that's like where I get hooked up. Yes. Single pair, four in hand, all of ours know that's exactly, you can walk them to the carriage and leave them there because they know that's exactly where they're going to be put to and that they need to behave. Again, it's the two second rule. If they step forward, we push them back. If they fuss, we, you know, a little tug on the rein, say no, and then drop the rein again. The worst thing you can do is just hang on them. And now, so, you know, as we all know, sometimes uh, that you, you get them to the point where, okay, they're standing at home, but then when they start to go away, that all goes away because there's adrenaline and stuff. Um, 
And how do you work on that when you're away then? Same way? I work on it exactly the same way. As I would, again, I would have someone heading the horse or pony so that the horse knows that somebody's with it. And then eventually you work on, okay, you hold them while you get on the carriage. And then the person starts to step away because I know you've all seen these horses and turnouts, whether it's riding or driving. When the person stops, someone runs to the horse's head. And mm-hmm. I, do, I don't believe on that. I, in that. I think they really need to learn to stand themselves because as Wendy can tell you, if they don't stand, then what happens when you halt an X, Wendy Ying? Well, then they might decide if you're on a grass arena that it's a good time to graze. Not Wendy's horses yes. don't do that, do they? I've yes, he, do- they, the horse, horse, it acted like a 12-hand pony, jerked the reins at, in the lead of the team, and went down and grazed in the Live Oak Arena. But it was only Duke. It wasn't Duke and Dante. It was only Duke. It was only one of the two. You're right. It was only one. Yeah. And he's done that single pair and four in hand. So he thinks now, I guess. Because I can't beat him in the arena. They'll throw me out or give me a yellow card. So he thinks, oh, X at Live Oak. Yum. Yum. And the grass is so inviting there. It's so nice. Thanks, thanks for airing my dirty laundry. It's a horse's dream. <laughs> but don't do that, Glenn. Yeah. That's not good training. I think. No, letting your horse graze does not mean you taught it to stand. <laughs> that was my emergency break when I was alone. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think too when you're going, especially on you know, we used to drive on picnic drives, and we used to go out with the the Red Rose Carriage Club. Uh, I don't know if you even remember that name back back in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. It used to be like thirty or forty rigs that would go out. And we'd go out for wow, four hours, good. and at and at two hours, there was always at different towns. We'd go through cities, we'd go through towns. It was always someplace different with police escorts. It was really nice, and we had a pony, but that pony could stand. And we would be at a picnic. You'd be you'd have a picnic halfway through, and everybody'd take a break and give water to horses, and we'd all eat and everything. And uh, that pony would just stand still. Um, and but there were if the ones that wouldn't stand still, those people never had a fun time <laughs> to break because no. they, they were constantly no, dealing it's a nightmare. with a, yeah, it's, it's you're constantly dealing with a fussy pony when when one it's supposed to be a break time for them too. It's supposed to be a time for them to relax. You know, the picnic drive thing also I think is difficult because sometimes people only drive at home and they don't drive in a group. And driving in a group's not easy, even if you're just going slow. Yeah, because you have no, a little bit. Also, you have a little bit of the keep up with the Joneses in the group, which uh, sometimes is hard on a horse that is not really meant to keep up with the Joneses. And that's a horse's nature. But also think about it: when you're at home working, how many times do you halt and make them stand out on your drive? You know, I've been doing that a lot more, especially when I go out with Jennifer, because he needed to learn to do that. So what oh, I would good. do, I would get him a little bit tired, and then we'd just watch Jennifer. If we were out in the field, we'd watch her work, and we'd just stand there for 10, 15 minutes, um, just watching See, that's them. great training. It was good because it gave that's him something training, to look yeah. at. He had something to look at. He had the other horse to watch. Um, it's a little more difficult when there's not the other horse to watch. You know, so I did learn that that doesn't always work when there's not something to watch. Uh, but it definitely helped. Yeah. <laughs> how do you know? You have it... to go out and you have to practice these halts. And how practice do you... standing. It's the hardest thing for people to work on. 
One of the things that we've gotten from people that have listened to the driving show who've never driven before, but they live where there's really, they live out in the rural, very rural. We have a lot of people that live very rural. And they really don't have a driving instructor in the area, and they're trying to learn this on their own. So even developing a plan, they don't know what to do. So when you're at that point, do you recommend videos? What do you recommend for people who really don't have anybody they can go to? Well, you can always use videos or, or uh, I think there are resources on the internet now and Facebook. So I think a lot of us that do train horses are for, perfectly willing to answer questions. And if you call us or text us, we're happy to help you. But a lot of this stuff is just at this beginning, very logical, you know, things to work on with your horse, like stopping and standing a few times while you're out driving. Because I know when I drive, sometimes you just go out and you're like, oh, I'm going to go 20 miles or 12 kilometers today. And we just trot around and then you think, oh, I should have worked on my halt a little bit today. Mm. Right. Or so you're busy and you're like, I only have an hour to work and I got to get all this stuff in. But the halting, yeah. getting that in, even though you're just standing, you're still working the horse. Yes, exactly. They're thinking. Yeah, and that takes practice. And, you know, practicing doing nothing is probably the hardest thing to practice. Uh, because, oh, yes. Yeah, right? Because it seems like kind of a waste of time for you, right? I mean, it's good for your horse, but for you, it's like, I'm just sitting here. Like, we were talking about have the date and the how long you have to get there. Do you have them write down, like, on a calendar, their goals, where they hope to be, or or. I think a calendar or your phone calendar is the best idea because then you can keep track of it and you know, okay, this week I worked on X, Y, and Z. And now at the end of these two weeks, I've accomplished, I can sit here and I know that I'll be safe to have my picnic. And then you also can keep track of, like Glenn said, we start working on our fitness that mm -hmm. we can do the whole drive or the whole show or whatever we're planning to do. We, we understand what we have to do and we know what we have to accomplish. Yeah. Like if your picnic drive, like say you, like we live in Florida, you know, we don't have any Hills, but say you're going somewhere that has Hills or you're going to be driving in the deep footing and you always drive on the road, then you don't want the horse to get tired halfway through because you're not conditioned enough. Exactly. You don't want to have to push your horse home. You know what is so difficult about what you just talked about? I just read this study the other day on goal setting. And uh, recent studies showed that only 20% of people ever set goals. So you have actually, in a way, picked one of the hardest things to do first. It's so hard for people to do. And well, that's I'm why saying, she's a go-getter. That's why she's a champion. But I'm saying that from experience. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me, too. I mean, it's just always go, setting goals has always been one. Of, and I'm in sales. It's been always one of my most difficult things. And I get that. I, but I am a very goal-oriented person. So I, I have everything I do, it's looking towards what I want to accomplish. And sometimes it's not even the picnic drive you want to do in September. It's the one you want to do in January at another farm that you say, okay, I, I'm going to do this other drive, but my ultimate goal is not the first drive. It's the second drive because that's how we operate with uh, our ponies and our horses in the world championships. You think I know, okay, I'm doing all these hard shows, but they're not my end goal. I'm using them to fix everything 
getting to my end goal, which would be a championships or whatever you decide your end goal is. Well, th- this has been interesting. We're so excited that you're agreeing to come on to this new show. We really are trying to gear things toward the beginner driver, somebody who's looking at taking a shot at it for the first time, and I know we have a lot of those, and we have a lot of people listening who've never thought about driving that we're hoping to get you know, get enticed to try it, because I think once people try it, the riders have two reactions, and let's see if you agree with this. It's what we found, what Wendy and I found through, what, six, seven years of doing the show, is that riders who try driving uh, say it's the scariest thing they've ever done in their lives and they're never doing it again, or they say, wow, that was a lot more fun than I thought it would be. I know a lot to say they feel completely out of control. Yep. And that they, <laughs> yep. they don't, they, I have friends that are upper level eventers who, the same thing they say oh my god why would you ever drive that horse down into that hazard i said but you jump off like cliffs (laughs) and they said yes so i have met many riders that feel completely out of control because all our control for our horses is our reins right so we have to teach ourselves to do everything they do by their feet and hands with just our reins yeah whereas they have their legs and the rest of their body to help them out and we don't you know necessarily have that <laughs> so. just a different dynamic yeah i think that also is a big uh difficulty when you go from riding to driving because i know i had that is like you can get away with not having them be a hundred percent trained when you ride right but when yeah. you're driving they have to be trained and listen to you because it can go horribly right. wrong so quickly yes and they have to respect your hand more than because, like Glenn said, we can't, we don't have our legs in our seat. Yeah. So they have to respect our hand. And when we ask them to step in the outside rain, they have to understand what that is and then do it. Yeah. All right. We, we've run out of time for this month. Where can people find you? We have a Facebook page and we have TremontFarm.com. TremontFarm.com. And what's the Facebook page under? Tremont Farm? The Facebook page is. No, it's Miranda or Kitty. Miranda or Kitty. And we'll post a link to that in our show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you guys back again next month. Okay, talk to you later. And it's time for our weekly chat with the American Driving Society. Well, the American Driving Society is the uh, national organization for carriage driving here in the United States and also includes some Canadian members. And I'm happy to introduce our next guest, who is Abby Trexler, who is the executive director of the American Driving Society. So welcome, Abby. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on today. And I'm just going to jump in right at the beginning here and thank you guys because you've been a sponsor since we started the driving show, and that was years ago. And I also want to – Mike Arnold's your president, and it was because of Mike Arnold – uh, he was playing matchmaker, and that's how I met Wendy in the first place, was because of Mike Arnold, your president, is how I met Wendy, and now we have this long-term, re- and we're best friends and business partners and everything else all came really thanks to Mike yeah. and the American Driving Society. So Yeah, that's right. Quite the matchmaker, huh? Anyway, <laughs> see what can happen when you're a member of the American Driving Society? Yeah, that's just yes, some perks. the possibilities are endless. <laughs> endless, right. <laughs> so, Abby, what's going on 
over there at the ADS? Oh, we have so much going on where competition is in full swing right now. Uh, our recreational drives are really going great guns. We just had the Southeast uh, Recreational uh, Regional Drive. And uh, both Heidi and Leona, our, our other regional directors from the Mid-Atlantic region and from the Northeast, are getting going on their regional drives, which will be held this fall. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, a really exciting time for us at the ADS. It's a great way for recreational drivers to get involved. And, you know, those are multiple-day events where people can come and, and meet new friends and, and learn new things about driving and just sort of be around the whole carriage driving faithful. Those uh, those recreational drives are fun because you can get tips from other people without an organized lesson or anything like that. Plus, you have the opportunities to drive us some great places that might not necessarily be open to the public. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, that reminds me, we have this really great program right now going on for recreational drivers. And it's, it's been in... Um, in effect for about 10 years, I guess, but it's called our Hours to Drive program. And what it is, is you keep a log of all the hours that you spend driving your equines recreationally. And then you can earn awards through the ADS for 100 hours or 250 hours, 500, 750. And we even have people that have reached 1,000 hours. Yeah, wow. So uh, they can earn pins and certificates, and then we also write them up in the WIP, which is our glossy magazine. Mm-hmm. So we really celebrate those recreational drivers. It's one of actually one of my favorite issues of the year is our February issue of the WIP, where we do cover that all. It turns out to be a really vibrant piece of editorial, and the, the pictures are wonderful. You wouldn't believe yeah. what, what our uh, members do with their horses. <laughs> It's fun to see all the different the different turnouts. It is. It is. You know, we get some people who, you know, a- attend uh, recreational drives in Wild West theme attire, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's really fun to see what they do. That sounds good. So now, uh, say somebody's interested in getting into driving, what can the American Driving Society do to help that person? Well, that's a great question. You know, when you get when you buy a membership for the American Driving Society, uh, you get full access to our website. And on our website, there are a lot of different resources. There's some um, educational pieces for new drivers. Uh, there's also uh, links to local clubs so that you can get involved at a local level and meet people near you and drive with those people. Mm-hmm. You also get uh, our newsletter eight times a year called the wheel horse that comes digitally. And then we also send out the whip, which is our glossy magazine. And there are lots of different kinds of how to articles and informational pieces that pertain to carriage driving. So really, uh, you know, if, if you want to know more about carriage driving, the ADS is, is where you start. I see that you're having a, uh, annual meeting. Can you tell us a little bit about your annual meeting? We are, we're really excited. It's going to be hosted, um, by the Grand Oaks this year in Florida. And we actually had our winter meeting there and they've graciously offered to host our annual meeting. And that is from November 30th to December 2nd of this year. And then the evening of December 1st, we're having our our actual annual members meeting and a big party and award ceremony. And it's there that we're going to be giving out all these uh, 
different awards that we have in our various programs at ADS. We have mm-hmm. our all-new uh, Driven Dressage Awards, and we're very excited about that. You can get uh, four different levels of achievement depending on the level test that you're driving at. So we're going to be giving those out. Uh, we're also going to be giving out the Volunteer of the Year Awards where we recognize one very special volunteer that helps out at uh, various shows you know, anywhere mm-hmm. in the country. Yeah. We also yeah, celebrate cool. our youth champions. So at ADS, we have we really try and encourage the youth to join in and to uh, send us their hours for recreational driving or their scores for CDE or their placings for pleasure. And then we pick one from each division based on, you know, this preset criteria. And we'd give them scholarship money and we celebrate them with articles in the whip and give them uh, – other awards. So that's really exciting for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great too that, um, you know, our country is so huge compared to some of the, you know, there's a lot of carriage driving in Europe and those countries are smaller. So they kind of all know each other and they see each other at the shows in America. I mean, like you might never see a driver from someone like me in Florida. I might never see a driver in California and to be able to send in the points so that everybody can compare you know, go for those awards equally is really great. You kind of get rid of the distance issue. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I think when I was looking back at our uh, our CDE calculated intermediate championships, that's really why those that award was created, so that you could compete against other intermediate drivers across the nation without ever meeting in person. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, um, Abby, thank you so much for telling us all about the American Driving Society and all your great programs, and we look forward to hearing about uh, the ADS in the future. Thank you, and if anybody's interested, go and check out our website at americandrivingsociety.org. Well, one of the things we've done since the beginning of the Driving Radio Show seven years ago was a traditional Chinese veterinary medicine segment. And it's so funny because we always introduced you as Dr. Wendy during this segment, and it confused some of the listeners who thought we had a separate person on. No, Wendy (laughs) is a veterinarian. She is a traditional Chinese veterinary medicine person and a master's degree in that, right? Is it a master's? Yes, I have my master's in Chinese medicine and... um and I'm certified for, you know, we can get certified in acupuncture, herbs, food therapy. So I do all that. Yeah, she has all of that. Matter of fact, you're helping teach classes at uh, the place that teaches Chinese medicine. I am. Yes, I teach at the Chi Institute in uh, Reddick, Florida. And that's a school that trains veterinarians to, um, to use traditional Chinese medicine and in integrative practice. And we love it when she does her teaching because she stays at our house and we get to see her. I know, that's fun. We get to do that. That's fun. (laughs) So what are we talking about today? Well, today uh, we're talking about food therapy in horses. And um, food therapy is something that anybody can incorporate into their their everyday uh, routine. You know, just like how you were saying, Lisa has all these herbs that she gives – you have to have a lot of knowledge about 
herbs if you're going to feed them like that because you don't want to give something that's contraindicated because, you know, uh, it might make a condition worse. But with using food therapy, you're just kind of supporting the horse. You're supporting his constitution. And you're only giving a little bit at a time. It's very gentle. And one of the things that's important that we're feeling now with humans is to try to live and eat seasonally, right? And to integrate whole foods into your diet. So uh, like in the summertime when it's hot, you don't want to eat like hot, heavy foods, right? It just makes you feel worse. You want to eat cool foods like like salads or foods that are kind of spicy that make you, you know, open up your pores and make you sweat a little bit like, like, um, like a spicy salsa on your taco. So with horses, uh, we tend to feed them the same diet all year long. Um, they do get, they eat seasonally because they're on pasture, right? So, so that is one seasonally seasonal thing that's already built into a horse's diet. But, you know, people tend to buy the same food all the time or they have the same hay all the time. So in um, Chinese medicine, we have the five elements. And we've talked about this a lot of times before. So if you want to hear more detail about the five elements, we have that on our older shows on the driving radio show. Page. And also on horse tip daily. Most of those have been put over on horse tip daily. If you just search for Wendy's oh, yeah. name, you'll find them there. Yeah. And, um, so the five elements are, uh, we'll start with wood. Uh, the wood element is associated with spring and those horses are like, you know, they're good show horses and they're good race horses cause they're super aggressive. Like they want to win. And then you have the, uh, fire element and the fire is associated with summer and the fire horse is like the diva horse. They like to be brushed. They're very pretty. They are totally fabulous, but like I said, they can be divas. Then the uh, earth element is associated with summer and the earths are actually my favorite because they're like super laid back. Like I always explain it's like the Kung Fu Panda. Have you ever watched that show, that movie, the Kung Fu Panda, they're like super laid back and completely food motivated. So those are my favorite horses. And then the metal element is associated with fall. And the metals are also very good uh, show horses. They make excellent schoolmasters because once they learn a job, they're like experts at it. And they don't want to change anything. They're like, okay, I learned it, done. And a perfect example of a metal is Kitty Cadwell. And that's why she's so successful because, you know, she has a plan and she works her plan. So that's metal. And then the water element is associated with winter. And the water elements tend to be um, kind of fearful and a little bit of introverts. But they also are super smart. So the wa a water horse would be one that's like totally outthinking you. Like the one you can, if he doesn't want to be caught in the pasture, like he'll come to you if it's feeding time, but if it's not feeding time and you have a halter and you're ready to ride him, he's already figured out a way to avoid any work at all. Uh, so those are the quickly, uh, the five elements. So when we're talking about feeding seasonally, uh, like spring is a great one to start with, right? Spring is when the grass starts growing and the babies are born. And, uh, we call that time 
yang time. Yang, you know, the yin and the yang. Yang's, yang is like bright and it's outward energy. So the energy is going out and up. So during this time, horses that are prone to stress, like show horses that live a very stressful life or ones that are working really hard, the springtime can push them into what we call liver chi stagnation. Liver chi stagnation is like when you're get, like you're just totally stressed out. Like, Glenn, you and I have been having liver chi stagnation this last month when you were getting ready to go out of town for your vacation and I was ready to finish up all my my work. So liver chi stagnation can um, affect you because you're stressed out so it can release too many hormones like your cortisol and ca cause you to have all kinds of issues that can lead to health problems. So one of the things that we can do to help our horses through spring is to feed them foods that help move the chi or the energy in our bodies and help support our liver. So uh, some of the things that are support the liver Foods that support the liver tend to be sour. They are associated with the sour taste. Um, and then also things that move the chi tend to be um, like we call it pungent. So it can be spicy or it can be like uh, mint is a very good example of pungent because it makes you feel cool. Uh, so a good way to, to a, a little recipe for the spring would be uh, you know what spa water is, Glenn? The where it's like a hot tub. No, no, no not that kind of spa. <laughs> you want to drink hot tub water? No, it's not hot tub. I was wondering why I was drinking the hot tub water. That was going to bother no, me a little. I knew, I knew you wouldn't know. That's why it's a quiz question. <laughs> spa water is like when you go to a fancy spa, they have infused waters to drink. <gasps> we did that in the last Finding Florida. They had that. You did? Yes. Well, see, At and the that's spa. a hot new thing. Spa water. Yes. So you can make spa water for your horse. It's really easy. That's when because I had my first pedicure, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, you had a pedicure and yes. you drank spa water? I did. Wow. Am I fancy well, or what? You, so you go in there and you think, you're oh, this spa water is so fancy. Well, all it is is like lemon in and like fruit in your water. So for the horses, one of the things you can do is... Uh, horses, uh, apple cider vinegar is sour. And that's one of the things we use the most to help with liver cheese stagnation, right? We also can use, uh, citrus fruits like tangerines or lemons. Tangerines are actually used in a lot of our herbal formulas for pain. And in Florida, I mean, if you live in Florida, you're going to have a neighbor with a tangerine tree. So they're also free. That's another good thing. And then horses also love carrots and carrots are sweet and they, uh, actually encourage the horse to drink more water. And then you can use some lemon balm leaves. Lemon balm is like a mint that has some lemon essence in it. But um, I'll put this recipe up on the uh, on our page. But basically, you just make a spa water with some of these ingredients, and then you just hang a bucket of your spa water next to your regular water, and they can choose to drink it or not. But if they do drink it, it can help with their liver cheese stagnation sounds like they'd want to i know of course yeah 
But see, we don't think about that because, and it also encourages them to drink, right? So if they're stressed out or you're traveling or you're at a show, you want them to drink as much as possible. So putting these yummy things in their water, not only does it encourage them to drink, but it, it also can help their, their liver cheese stagnation. So that was for spring, and as uh, Wendy said, she's going to put these recipes up on her blog, which drwendyying.com. But we're going to do one recipe for summer, too, right? Yes, because we're getting into the hot days of summer. And here in Florida, we have a big problem with not non-sweating. Um, and that's be- because the hot, humid uh, days damage the yin, which is like the air conditioner of the body. So... Uh, other heat issues that you can have, uh, like fire element problems can be like heart disease or vascular issues, or even, uh, the most common one is a Shen disturbance, which is like, um, like being fearful. The Shen is their mind, right? So horses that are fearful for no reason, or they get stressed out at the shows and are afraid of things, that's a Shen disturbance. Or your dog, your dog that's afraid of thunderstorms or loud noises. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so 4th of July is coming up, so so that is a Shen disturbance. And the way we treat that is we give we support the fire element with cooling foods, because when the fire gets out of whack, it burns too hot. Okay. So we need to give it cooling foods. So one of my favorite treats for horses is, um, called the Lucha Bing Bang and Lucha means green. The Lucha Bing Bang. The Lucha Bing Bang. Is this some form of like a marijuana treat? No. Oh, Lucha, Lucha means green tea and Bing Bang means ice pop. So this is making an ice pop for your water for your horses. But horses shouldn't really drink green tea because it has a lot of caffeine in it. And if you do any showing, uh, caffeine is a... a yeah, that'll test, right? Even from green tea? Yeah, and it's also not good for horses to drink caffeine. You know, it's not probably good for me, but I can't function without it. And now I'm addicted. <laughs> so don't do that to your horse, okay? But the way we can make green tea for horses is you can take a pound of alfalfa chaff or alfalfa pellets and you put it in water. And you can put it in hot water if you want, or you can put just cold water in there. But you let it stand for like 30 minutes till it gets all like... Can I use uh, alpha cubes? We have the cubes. That'll work too. You can use cubes, but it takes longer. Yeah, because it takes they have a while. Hot them. water actually helps it go faster, actually. And then you add one cucumber sliced. I use really? a mandolin. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is I've never heard of giving cucumber to horse. That's all. Oh, cucumber is super cooling, and they love to eat it. Really? And it's cheap. Cucumber is so cheap. I never. I'm gonna try giving Scooter a cucumber. He's gonna love it. I use a mandolin for my cucumber. You know, like will he just eat it like he does a carrot? You think? Yeah, he'll eat it. And then (laughs) slice up some lemon, and then uh, take like a bunch of mint. You can chop that up, and then mix it all up, right? And then uh, you can mix that all up together. And then I take these little one pint uh, little containers that you get from the grocery store. And you can freeze them in these little. Oh, Scooter these- would love this. 
Yeah. And then in the summertime, when it's hot, you just take one of these frozen things and you put it in their water and over time it'll melt and all this. I'm doing this. What was it again? Give me the recipe again. It's the alfalfa cubes or pellets or whatever. Alfalfa. Yeah. You wet them till it's all green and 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 green water. Broken down completely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then you take one cucumber, slice. And you want it like, uh, you know, chop it up finely. Well, you can chop it. If you want to put it in the food processor, you can. The oh, reason why you idea. want to chop it is you, you want it to all be homogenized right. in your little, Not in big your little portion. So, yeah, the food processor is a great idea. All right, good. That's easy. Oh, yeah. You could put the cucumber, one lemon, and a bunch of mint in the food processor, lemon. whiz it up, and put it in. And mint, like from the mint plant, like mint leaves. Yes. Okay. Mint leaves. And see, these are also things uh, you can grow at your house. Like growing yeah. cucumber and mint is super easy. Uh, this you is know, great. I love this. I know. The pops. I love the pops. Scooter will love this. <laughs> well, you know what else is good about it? Like sometimes in the summer, it's so hot. And if you have horses that have a water tank outside, the water gets like super hot. And then you drink and you don't even feel cool. And this way, um, you can cool down your water. So they feel like a refreshing like they're eating a green tea ice pop. I love this. You know, when we were at, uh, we went to the the Lion Rescue, and we did that ep- special episode on Finding Florida. Oh, yeah. Remember the one yeah. up in Tampa you've gone to? Yeah. And they make pops out of blood for their uh, lions and tigers. Oh, there you go. They, they make uh, blood pops. They call them blood sickles, and they give them <laughs> to in the summer. That's cooling. Yep. <laughs> and it supports the fire element. Yep. We don't have to do blood sickles <laughs> for the horses. This would probably be a better idea. But, they're vegetarian. Yeah. All right. So alfalfa. Cucumber, lemon, and mint. Well, this is great. So that's spring and summer, and maybe next month, seeing we'll be in the heart of summer, we can do another recipe for summer, too. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Wendy. And as I said, Wendy will be on every month with her traditional Chinese medicine update. And now our next guest we have coming up from the Florida Whips, which is an organization that if you drive in Florida, you want to be a part of, whether you're a casual driver like me or whether you're a competitive driver, whatever. We used to belong to one of these up in Pennsylvania, too. But they really have become the organization and they're an arm of the ADS, right? Mm-hmm. They're a chapter of the American Driving Society, and um, they serve all of Florida. Plus, we have sections because Florida is so huge, so we have local uh, chapters. Very good. And let's talk to them right now. Well, joining us today is Florida WHIPS President Paul Van Sickle and Vice President Linda Evans. And they're here to tell us about all the fun things going on at the Florida WHIP. But, um, Paul, you're the new president now of the Florida WHIPS. And uh, first of all, I have to say, uh, I love your four-in-hand Frisians, and I especially love your poodle that goes with you. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty special. I tell you, he um, he's only two years old, um, and just really, really, he likes riding around the golf cart. And so the the carriage was a natural thing for him to try. And I'll tell you a quick story about that. We put him in a in in our phaeton, had two had a pair hooked up to him, and they were doing fine until they turned around and saw this big white fluffy thing behind them. <laughs> and that was our education that you got to you got to get the horses used to seeing the dog up there, as well as you got to get the dog used to being in the carriage. But he's he loves it, and uh, and we had a lot of fun at, at uh, the last event that we had at Grand Oaks. 
Oh, that's great. And so now tell us what is coming up. I, I think a lot of people think that um, in Florida, we don't do anything in the summertime, but we have a jam-packed summer full of fun activities with the Florida Whip. So what's going on in August? Well, August is our annual meeting, um, and we usually get together in May, but we decided to do it in August this time for the membership meeting because um, during during the summer months, January, July, June and July, as you know, it's very hot and humid in Florida, so everybody kind of stays indoors. So it gives us a chance to get together as a group, as a club, and and share with each other and get ready for the season, which really starts September, October, November, really mm-hmm. November time frame. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna do it uh, this year in August, and we're gonna and do it at Grand Oaks, and they've been gracious enough to open the facility for us um, at no charge to be able to use their meeting rooms and and get together and have our annual meeting. You know, yeah. uh, my favorite thing about Black about uh, Grand Oaks is the um, the housing with the stalls and the paddocks. I mean, it's a great time to to spend the weekend there at Grand Oaks. It's between Orlando and Ocala, probably almost right in the middle, actually. So it's kind of near the villages. A lot of people have heard about the infamous The Villages, uh, where, where the retirement community with about a hundred million houses. Um, and it's right near there. So I just wanted to give everybody a reference point to where it is. And then you also, know. if you can't bring your own horse, you can uh, you can take lessons on their horses and carriages there too, right? Yes, that's true. So we do weddings there. We were uh, there for the Southern Drive, and they were having a wedding, and they were using their um, Clydesdale horses to pull a big vis-a-vis to take the bride down to the wedding spot. So, you know, that's, it's popular for those kind of social events as well. Yeah. That's just another great reason to join the Florida whips because of these fun activities you have. Right. One of the favorite things we, we like to do, and, and I encourage anybody to do this is, is we'll go during the weekdays or when they're not having events and just stay in one of the cottages and, and, your horses are kept right there in the same building with you. The barns are co-located in many cases, right with the with the apartment that you're staying in, and you put two right there and head on out on their trails. And it's it really is a wonderful place to to spend some time uh, with yeah. your horses and with your family. Um, now, what now? What what else do you have going on coming up this season? You have a, a camp black prong. That is true. That's October. 18th through the 21st, and Connie Thorson and I are the organizers. We've done this. This will be our sixth year. I can't believe and it's been six years. It feels like you just started. <laughs> I know, but it's. we try to make it better every year. Um, Connie and I used to prepare all the food. All your meals are included in your registration fee. It's, it's the best deal around. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a four-day weekend, you bring your horse, and um, the registration fee is $350, and, and for that, you get the use of Black Prong's grounds for the whole weekend. Uh, we provide, at, the, at our expense, eight hours for each day of group lessons with the top trainers in Florida. And this year we have Thorsten, I can't even pronounce his last Zerombowitz. name. Zerombowitz. Yeah. 
I'm probably and saying Olaf Larson and Larry Poulin and Bob Giles and Gary Yeager wow. and David J. So we'll have six clinicians, That's four great. hours on Friday and four hours on Saturday, and they'll be uh, teaching simultaneously, you know, at assigned spots. Mm-hmm. So you hitch up your horse and you go to the spot where you would like to get some instruction. It could be in the dressage ring. We'll have a, at least two, uh, maybe three uh, instructors in the dressage ring, and we'll have a couple on hazards and one in cones. And so you can go to one clinician. If he's backed up and busy, you can just go to the next one and, you know, come back when when he's not so busy and, you know, it works out really well. And the lessons and they are included. Also have the, uh, they can in also the... schedule private lessons if, if they want. Oh, great. But the group lessons that, are included in the price of registration. Right. And all the meals from Thursday evening through Sunday lunch. Wow, that's great. So um, pretty, what, what level of competitor deal. should you be? A CD competitor. Well, we have everybody from beginners to advanced okay. drivers that come uh, to the clinics. So, but they should have you, done you some form of CDE level. at some point. Pardon me? They should have done some form of a CDE at some point. No. No? No, okay. not at all. Okay. We have recreational drivers that, that oh. like to come. Okay. And um, we also, beside the group lessons, we also have two fun competitions. So last year we had a uh, trace pace, and and everybody participates. We just tell everybody to drive at your skill level. So tell us you what know, a trace pace is. A trace pace is a a drive on a designated course mm-hmm. from start to finish, and there's an ideal time that you should kind of know your horse's pace and be able to, to do the trace pace in. They don't know the ideal time ahead of time. Right. And whoever finishes closest to their ideal time, and we do give awards out for that first through sixth place. So um, we had that, and then we had a team derby. And oh, what's that? That was a really fun thing. It was a, a derby is a competition in an arena there's two hazards or obstacles set up in there, and you go through the start gate, go through three sets of cones into a hazard, drive the hazard A, B, C, D, come out of the hazard, go through three more sets of cones to the next hazard, drive that, come out of there, do three more sets of cones, and go through the finish line. And that is a speed event. Mm-hmm. But we made it a team derby so the people that are new to driving that would maybe not feel good enough or confident enough to to drive at speed can do it at at their skill level if they want to walk it that's fine Mm -hmm. because we tried to make the teams have all levels of drivers on them as best as we could Mm -hmm. from advanced to beginner and then we averaged their times. Oh, that's great. And that's how we came up with the winning team. 
So you get lessons, you get food, you get prizes. That sounds really awesome. Like a great camp weekend. But um, now tell us a little bit about the Black Prong facility because they also have cottages and barns and great driving trails, right? Right. And we utilize all of that for camp. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just talking to Tom, that is the manager of Camp Black Prong yesterday, and our camp isn't until October, but he told me all the rooms but two are already booked. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I guess you're going to have to ask your neighbors to put some people up to have some overflow there. We might have to. (laughs) So last year we had about 40 drivers. Mm-hmm. And most drivers, you know, bring someone with them, uh, you know, a spouse or a friend. So in all, we probably had about 80 people that we were feeding wow. every meal, including the the clinicians and mm-hmm. their spouses or friends if they wanted to bring a guest and all the campers and their guests. And um, we had it catered last year for the first time. And it made it a lot easier for Connie and I. Yeah, so you didn't have to, to feed a hundred people. <laughs> it was it got too overwhelming. Well, guys, we're running out of time. Paul, where can they people find out more about Florida Whips or any of these meetings and the Black Prong thing? Well, you could get on uh, the website floridawhips.org, and uh, and there's it's a drop down menu, and you'll be able to see get a membership card, and or you'll be able to get a membership application. And uh, kind of see uh, our calendar, which has not been put together yet for for next year, the eighteen nineteen season. Um, but I will put a plug in that uh, I'll tell you, um, this is the organization that people need to uh, wrap their arms around in Florida if you have an interest in driving. This is the entry level organization. I started out with a with a Frisian mare. Um, I'd never driven. She'd never pulled a cart or carriage before. And uh, four years later, because of the Florida whips, and I mean that sincerely, um, we're driving four in hand. So it's a, it's a, depending on whatever you want to do with your horse, if you have any interest in carriage driving at all, then I encourage you to get in touch with us. And uh, we've got some great ideas from the membership about mentorship programs. I was mentored early on, and it really pays benefits. But floridawhips.org is where you need to go and uh, contact any one of the the uh, uh, club officers in there and we'll point you in the right direction. All right. Very good. Thanks guys. So our next guest is Danielle Amit from the USEF. She's the director of driving and I'm so happy that she's here with us. Hi, Danielle. Hi, and thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited about your upcoming clinic. Can you tell us about it? Sure. Um, this was an idea that um, actually a few people have had, so I can't take all credit for it, but um, we're starting to realize that there is a lot of need and and want out there for education on navigating in combined driving, um, whether people have navigated before or whether they just want to try it out. It's kind of this interesting job that um, there's a lot of interest in. So um, we are are putting together a course that is completely free um, for people to attend, and it's going to happen at Lisa Stroud's farm on Saturday, June 16th, starting at 2 o'clock p.m. in the afternoon. And that's uh, in in Pennsylvania, right? Yep, in Avondale, Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're actually going to have, we're going to have the 
classroom setting at a different location and then moved to her farm to actually get into the obstacles and and learn about walking courses and so on. So there's a, a couple of different parts to the course. First, we'll start in a classroom, like I said, where we're going to learn the basics about navigating in case people have never heard of it before or just mm-hmm. haven't reviewed anything a lot of people are kind of learning on the fly, and so it, it doesn't hurt to go back and really look at the basics, review the rules, review you know what what your green card is and does and, and what you're supposed to do with it, and also learn about how to calculate times and all of that kind of classroom stuff first. And then we'll move on to learning about the equipment and the carriages and, and some of the harness pieces you need to know as a navigator and so on. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go actually out in the obstacles, like I said, and we'll learn how to pick your route and learn some of the tips that our, um, our presenter, Jacob Arnold and Kenny Cox, have learned over the years. So we're going to give some of their inside secrets on, <laughs> oh, on that's picking good. routes. And then, um, and then we will also have some drivers there to volunteer to take people through the obstacles so they can practice everything that they've learned in the course. Well, you know, I think a lot of people that have never navigated before, they, they watch and they think you're just standing, you know, that person's just standing on the back, but they're a very important part of the team in combined driving because, like you said, they have to calculate times. They have to not only balance the carriage, but they have to know what the course is. It's not just the driver. The driver needs some help a lot of times with everything going on and driving. Absolutely. It's a very involved part of the team, and it's incredibly important for the driver to have a knowledgeable and um, capable navigator on the back, not only for safety, but also just to to have the advantage of staying in the right times and being able to figure out, you know, what you need to do on course. It's a very much a teamwork effort. Let mm-hmm. me ask, though, do you have to have experience in driving carriages and doing anything or can anybody show up? Anyone can show up. We we have kind of tailored the course to be for beginners and on up. So okay. as we do prefer some horse experience, but yeah. again, we're not going to be handing the reins to anybody. So we, anyone can show up with any kind of experience and, and we'll help them out. Now, if they do want to ride on the carriages, they will be required to provide their own helmet and body or back protector because we can't provide those for everybody. So they must so have a vest of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so, well, that's really good because you know this show. Uh, now that we've moved it to horses in the morning, there are a lot of people out there who are not into driving, who have never driven before, but think it could be kind of fun. And this could be just a fun little way to to at least get some experience in it. And I think it's great. Absolutely. We're hoping this is a way for some people to get involved in the sport um, without having to go invest in a driving horse, a carriage, and a harness, and then the whole bit. And the truck to you haul it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can definitely be very involved in the sport of driving without having to own all of that stuff yourself. And part of that is being a navigator. And I can tell you there's a huge shortage of navigators at all of our competitions. Yeah, <laughs> Wendy asked me to do it a couple times for her, and I politely refused because I really valued my life, but, um, <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> well, if you like going fast and you like having fun with horses, then that's definitely, the I love thing. this idea, by the way, I think it's terrific. I do too. We're very excited. And so far we have over 30 people signed up for this. Oh, yay. Course, and, um, 
So I think we'll be doing more of these throughout the year as well. All right. Tell everybody where and when and every, give all the details again and how they can, how they can find it. Sure. One more time. It's um, Saturday, June 16th, starting at 2 p.m. in the afternoon in Avondale, Pennsylvania. If you want to register for the course, you do need to email me. Again, it's free to attend and no memberships required, but we do need, um, do need people to email me so that we can um, at least know how many to expect. My email address is d-a-a-m-o-d-t at U-S-E-F dot O-R-G. I hope people come. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. And a couple of great instructors, by the way. I think they've both been on the show, haven't they, Wendy? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you have a couple of great instructors there, too. They're going to be good ones to work with. They're both fun. Yeah, they are fun. Yeah, yeah. there won't be and, anything and intimidating about this with those two. <laughs> so. No, it'll be a good time. So go out there to Pennsylvania and go learn about combined driving. Well, that's fun. It's been fun having you over here on Horses in the Morning, having the Driving Radio Show. We will put this out on the Driving Radio Show feed for, well, probably forever. Uh, We'll just keep putting it out on the Driving Radio Show feed. So if you get that anyway, you'll get this episode. Or if you listen here, that's fine. Wherever you listen, we don't care. We don't care where you listen. But we hope that uh, even if you're not a driver, that you enjoy this episode and you join us and maybe learn a little something. And maybe someday you'll give it a try. We would love you to give it a try. AmericanDrivingSociety.org is our sponsor for the day, and you can find all the links to today's guests at HorsesInTheMorning.com. You can find Wendy in this particular blog post at? At DrWendyYing.com. Just go to the blog, and you can search food therapy. And she'll have the recipes there as well. So uh, we'll put those, uh, you'll be able to find them at her blog. And Wendy also has a store there. Maybe you can tell everybody about that who doesn't know that. I do, yep. I have a store there. It's at at, like I said, at drwendyying.com, and that's drwendyying.com. And we have a store. Uh, we have herbs available for our clients there. And we also have a lot of over-the-counter uh, supplements and different uh, food therapy things and some topical herbal remedies that are great for summer sores and sarcoids and all kinds of things. We'll be back tomorrow with the Friday episode of Horses in the Morning. Jamie will be here. Of course, it's Really Bad Ads Day, everybody's favorite. So tune in tomorrow for some cool guests and some Really Bad Ads. And also, don't forget, it's Triple Crown Weekend coming up. So we'll take a look at the horses and make our predictions about who's going to win. So you'll hear that on tomorrow's episode two, the Belmont on Saturday. Woohoo! Big times. I'm, I'm nervous. All right. I'm kind of nervous. I'm excited. I, know, I think justify. we're going to have another Triple Crown winner. Can Justify Justify? We'll find out. So. How many bad puns are that TV people going to do about that this weekend? I know. I know. <laughs> it's like it's a lot of them, I'm sure. Thank yeah. you, Wendy. All right. Keep the shiny side up. Yeah.